0: You're listening to Legal Talk Network. My name is Lawrence Coletti, and I'm the producer for Legal Talk Network. Welcome back to another installment of Special Reports. Today, we're on location at the Clio Cloud Conference at the beautiful Radisson Blue Aqua Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. Joining me today is Catherine Sanders Reach. She is the Director of Law Practice Management and Technology for the Chicago Bar Association where she provides new services and programming to its members. She was also the director of the American Bar Association's Legal Technology Resource Center for over 10 years. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Thank you very much, Lawrence. How are you today?
0: I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. We're having a wonderful event here, and the weather is beautiful. And uh, I got to wake up to the view of the lake this morning, which was incredible. So very grateful for that. So I have it on good authority that you are speaking at this event, or you're speaking at the conference today, and your speaking event is titled Competence and Confidentiality, Practice in the Post-Information Age. That is correct. All right. Well, can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: So what I covered is primarily the changes to the, the ABA's model rules and the specifics behind that. Um, they changed the competence rule to talk about the benefits and risk of their technology. So now we have specific language that would suggest that attorneys need to be aware of technology in a way that they haven't had it specified before. Now I would suggest that the competency rule has always covered that, but you see a lot of attorneys Intentionally turning a blind eye towards technology because it's not something that they are interested in, and so they they just don't keep up to date with it. Um, as as example for the part of the program, I talked about a six different disciplinary cases wherein lawyers, you know, either ignored technology to their peril in terms of disciplinary case. Um, one attorney. Actually, was disciplined because he borrowed money from five of his clients to help another client who brought him documentation to suggest that he could get a eighteen million dollar inheritance from his long lost uh, relative in Nigeria. Oh wow! So, (laughs) and the documentation was more than likely a printed email. So things like that, where you know, just just either in that guy's case probably greed more than anything else but uh, you know e-filing without redacting because you weren't paying attention or you didn't know how to redact or you know just lots of different examples of of attorneys needing to be a little bit more aware of the technology and so i think it's worth having put the competency um the changes to the comments to make them aggressively aware and then 24 states are reviewing the changes to the model rules, and 10 have adopted the changes.
0: Okay. I have a uh, just an interesting question that, that I was, uh, when you were talking about the, the, the several examples of, of disciplinary actions. In in those cases, did the attorneys, were they of a certain age grouping?
1: You know, it didn't actually, it doesn't specify their ages and I didn't okay. go ba- back to look them up. I. I think though that it probably isn't so much an age issue; it's um, it's an awareness issue. Okay. And so s- some attorneys who are you know mid career or even older uh, are have a heightened level of awareness of technology because they have an interest in it. I really wish you, I think what it is is you're, you're finding people who are not interested in technology, so they don't pay attention right. to it, or they get in too big of a hurry. Okay. Which can affect any age. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm in a
1: hurry. I'm late with this filing. I I allowed my redaction program to do a pattern matching search, which means it missed everyone that didn't have an exact pattern match. Right. And now I'm in, in violation of the federal civil rules.
0: Sometimes people just make mistakes, too. Yes. So. Getting into trouble with uh, information that's electronically stored, and, and obviously attorneys have a, kind of a low technology threshold here, what are some of the key areas that attorneys need to, to uh, worry about in order to stay in compliance with these new regulations?
1: Well, and you know, again, it's it, the major changes were under the 1.6 uh, confidentiality in terms of defining what the reasonable care standard really meant and um, adding unauthorized access to the, the, the inadvertent disclosure. And so now we're talking about hackers having, you know, getting into your stuff. I think one thing that attorneys need help with, and they may not know that they need it, but they should always... Default to assuming they don't know unless they know for a fact they're an expert is e-discovery. California is currently writing an opinion on e-discovery, um, but I think that is a, a super complex area, and it's it's not one that everybody. If you don't do it every day, um, it's worth getting someone in your employ who does.
0: Well, where's the first place to turn? I mean, there's a lot of firms that have been in existence for 15 plus years. And, you know, a lot of these firms may not be very large, and so they may not be the beneficiaries of a lot of purchased software and a lot of innovations along the way. And they're, they're doing business as they feel comfortable, and they're listening right now, hopefully. Where's the first place they should turn in order to figure out whether or not they're meeting these new standards?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I mean, obviously... I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased because I work for a bar association, so I would suggest that oftentimes the bar association does have resources. Uh, And and then just going through, and very simple things like, do you have a computer use policy? And if you don't, then that's one of the first things that you can do, because no one's going to be able to comply with computer use security standards if you don't have any. Uh, and those are readily available if you just Google computer use policies. Uh, SANS Institute has a whole library of computer use policies that cover mobile devices, um Phones, internet use, all of that—some boilerplates out there that you can use, borrow, write. I, I actually had a lawyer uh, call me and ask for a security policy that he his firm could adopt immediately because they had a client who was asking to see theirs. So oh, it would be wow. better to be prepared rather than, you know, go, Oh, I need, I need to show that a client our secure or security policy when you don't actually have one. Um, that's probably not the best way to go about it. <laughs> so, uh, and then this is something that clients, are, it's not just the ethics issues, it's the clients are asking for it. Clients are more sophisticated, The even small businesses with a lot at stake. Um, anybody who has uh, HIPAA regulation requirements, high tech, you know, there's a, there's a lot of compliance out there, um, with security standards. And if you're doing business with a client that has those issues, then they become your issues as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, that's uh, some of the reoccurring themes that we're hearing is that a lot of clients are driving these new standards uh, mm-hmm. kind of by default because of the, the inquiries that they have and their hiring practices. So that's, that's wonderful. You know, hopefully, you know, drives the, uh, the legal profession into a little bit uh, better compliance.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: that's wonderful. So how are things going at the conference so far? I know I know that your your time is short here, but uh, you know it seems like a wonderful event and everyone seems uh, very friendly and I, and I love these shirts uh, from the Clio staff Just ask me anything. it seems like a very warm place to learn and so I just wanted to get uh, an idea about some of your uh, some of your perspective on this
1: well obviously the venue is is lovely here right on the river on a uh, beautiful day in Chicago and the the staff does seem very open I think it, Nine of them introduced themselves to me in the short time that I've been here. Um, The AV isn't very good. All all of the programs are being recorded so people can go back and watch them later, which I think is fantastic. Because obviously not everybody can get to Chicago on a certain day. So having them available after the fact is great. Um, Lots of exhibitors. So it's always good to meet people and meet Clio's partners if you're already one of their uh, clients, get to learn more about Clio. I don't think that there's any piece of software that you know enough about to where it's not worth going and hearing about tips and tricks and how to use it better. Uh, so that's one of the things that they seem to be providing here that's, that's useful. And not and, and kind of a formalized approach to learning, but also just kind of ad hoc. So that's nice.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And so if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you or uh, some of the members of your bar association wanted to get in touch with you, how might they reach you?
1: You can find me at chicagobar.org slash LPMT, Law Practice Management Technology LPMT, or you can find me on Twitter at at Catherine Reach.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Lawrence.